Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's time for WEEI Late Night with your Friday night host, the Hacksaw, Jim Hackett. Friday night with the Hacksaw is brought to you by Atlantic Power Cleaning. 30 and still getting dirty. AtlanticPowerCleaning.com and by Gould's Distinctive Clothing in Acton. You too can look as sharp as Rob Bradford. Gould'sClothing.com. Now, here's Jim Hackett. All right, good evening, everybody. Happy Friday night. Jim Hackett alongside with Joe, the producer's back, one of my old fantasy football guys. How are you, Joe? Good to see you. Good to have you. Hello, sir. Good to have you back. Friday night, late night with Jim Hackett. Here we are, December 30th. I hope everyone had a very Merry Christmas. Thanks for being with us the last couple weeks, being with me, I should say. And uh, the last couple weeks, we talked about our Christmas wish list. I hope you guys all... Got what you wanted from Santa Claus. Hope all the kids are out there are really happy. Although the kids are probably all asleep now. I know mine are. <laughs> they don't get. They only get to hear me on demand. But um, I hope everyone had a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everybody. We've got just uh, one day to go. Tomorrow is New Year's Eve. And the uh, Patriots, do they start anew on Sunday, January 1st? I would say probably not because uh, 2022 hasn't been too friendly. But, you know, I'm in the mood to kind of look forward. Look forward to 2023. We've been hitting the dead horse Rolodex pretty hard these Friday nights from 10 to midnight since I hopped on the mic in October, most notably with your New England Patriots. It's been a really tough 2022. It's been a disappointment, hasn't it, from day one. You know, a little bit of optimism coming out of the draft, and then as the offseason just started to move towards training camp, it just never improved. It never improved, and the ultimate failure will be Bill Belichick's decision to leave his offense in the hands of Matt Patricia and Joe Judge on the heels of having the great Josh McDaniels as an offensive coordinator and, and I don't mean great as a head coach, I mean great as an OC, and in the critical year two of Mac Jones's development, which, you know, his progress has been retarded because of, you know, because of that injection of lack of fluidity, of lack of coordination to the offense that he's given to Mac Jones. So, you know, Mac holds culpability, too, within that, within the bad scheme and the lack of innovation and the lack of sequence and flow of play calling on offense. It's all crumbled pretty pretty poorly, but he has not played well within that. So we've, we've hit that pretty hard throughout October, November, and now on the second to last day of December. We have talked a lot in this show about the Red Sox. And uh, not only my disappointment, I'm disappointed in the Patriots. I'm blatantly flat-out disgusted with the Red Sox. Okay. Yeah, I think your hatred for the Sox is 
overpowered everything that the Patriots have done. It's, I mean, and rightfully so. And if anyone over there is listening, I'm a 23-year season ticket holder. And just like, you know, knocking on the door here, not happy. Not happy. And this isn't because they didn't sign Xander Bogarts three weeks ago. And this isn't because they traded Mookie Betts three years ago. This is because you brought in a guy in Haim Bloom to do John Henry's bidding to pare the payroll down. And I was okay with that. I'm okay with that. They had too much dead money with Rusney Castillo and Pablo the Hutt and Hanley Ramirez and even you know, I mean, Dustin Pedroia will be a Red Sox Hall of Famer, but he had dead money. I think there was still Manny money there for a while. I mean, there was a lot of dead money. David Price with a $217 million contract. The only good thing about the Mookie Betts deal, other than, you know, Verdugo's a player I like, but you know, nowhere near the value of a future Hall of Famer in Betts. But you did get unsaddled from that price contract. So you do all those things, and to me, you do those things so that you have room to add to this magnificent core that you had. You had a core. Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers, Christian Vasquez, Nathan Avaldi. Throwing Chris Sale there. You can throw Benintendi in there. You know, and what happened? They're all gone, except for Devers. And Devers, you know, newsflash is in the last year of his contract. And if you think it's not going to go the way of Bogarts, where someone's going to go crazy and overpay him, you're nuts. Yeah, a year from now, it could be the same story, but just amplified even more. And that's what I think is interesting, what you're saying about that core, because it's like, the first one, you're like, okay, and then the next one goes, it gets louder. The next one goes, it's louder. And, like, I think the atom bomb of uproar from the Sox fan base is going to be if Rafael Devers is not re-signed. He's not going to be re-signed. And if they do, they're going to put them in the, themselves in the exact same position that they hired Bloom to be in in the first place, which is to pare the payroll down. He's been an abject failure. Hyam Bloom has been an abject failure. He was brought in to do John Henry's bidding, and he hasn't done it. He is supposed to have replenished the farm system. Where is it? Have you looked at the yield that they've gotten back for all these losses? I got a text at 37937 a couple weeks ago when Xander um, signed with San Diego. Since 2019, had Hyam Bloom done all the right things, this is what your 2023 lineup could look like. Mookie Betts in center field leading off. Rafael Devers hitting second at third. Xander Bogarts hitting third at short. J.D. Martinez at DH. Kyle Schwarber at first. Trevor Story, yeah, there's one, at second base. Hunter Renfro in right. Christian Vasquez catching. And in left field, Andrew Benintendi hitting last. Now, that's in a perfect world, but underscoring my point, you had a core, a rock-solid core, a core of players that won 108 games, set a regular season record, and won the World Series. And a year later, you just started, instead of adding to it and being smart and strategic, which I thought was the whole idea, pare it down and enhance the core, build up the core. Instead, they've completely deconstructed it. Yeah, like who was say, who out there was saying Dave Dombrowski was doing a really bad job? Was it that Chris Sale contract? Because... I- I mean, yes, it's a bad contract, but look at all the pieces that he had, though. Like, all the pieces that he brought in from 2018, and he's gone in a year. It, it was ridiculous. And, you know, the, it, you know, people like to talk about that Bloom's made some sneaky moves. Okay, yeah, Hunter Renfro was a nice pickup. Then you let him go a year later for a prospect we'll never see, and Jackie Bradley Jr., who could barely hit 200. Okay? Kyle Schwarber, great pickup. But he was a value. He was a Dollar Tree pickup because he couldn't play for three and a half weeks. Okay? 
And then when he finally got back and you held on, you were on life support. <laughs> you were on life support and you made the playoffs. And then he came shining through. He became Kyle and Waltham. We all fell in love. We all wanted him here. He wanted to stay. And you lost him too. So not only did you not do your, do your master's bidding, you've done a terrible job fortifying the farm system. You deconstructed a core World Series team. When you added to it with guys like Renfro and Schwarber, you lost them. You went into last year just two games away from the World Series in the offseason, did nothing to fortify the bullpen. This year, you tried to be three different people. Am I all in getting Eric Hosmer and Tommy Pham, or am I all out getting rid of Christian Vasquez? What is the plan? So as we look forward, I'm sick, sick of beating the dead horse Rolodex on the Red Sox and Patriots. I could do it all night. I've done it for three and a half months. I'll continue to do it. But what I'd like to do to set the stage for this show, for the final show of 2023, is give a state of the state of where all four Boston sports teams are as we turn the page to 2023. And it's a, it's a, multi, it's a, it's a multi-choice question. That's not multi-choice. It, there are multi-layers to this question. Maybe Joe could find the clip from Back to School where the, where the professor says to Rodney Dangerfield, I have but one question in 27 parts. I just, I just did it for you, Joe. No, but seriously, it, it's not just about 2023. The state of the state, as we turn the page to 2023, who's best positioned for 2023? I think we all know that one. But the second part of that question is who's best positioned for the future beyond 2023? And it changes the dynamic a little bit. I'll tell you where I sit. As we kick the show off, I'll tell you where I sit. Best position for 2023, I think it's your Boston Bruins. The Boston Bruins, to me, right now, have that look of a championship team. And it's not just because they're in first place in the entire NHL. And it's not because they're 28-4-3 with 59 points before we even get to New Year's Eve. Unbelievable. Before we get to the Winter Classic, they're 28-4-3, and 59 points and in first place. But beyond that, there's three things that stick out to me with the Bruins. They have that look. They just look like a champion. They look like they believe it. They look like they know they belong. They have that feel about them. They have that swagger. They never look surprised when they come back. They never look down when they're, when they're, when they're behind, which they rarely are. They've got the best goaltender in hockey right now, and Linus Allmark playing at his best in his career. They've got four lines scoring depth, which they've never had my entire life, other than, when, other than when I was in single digits, which I can barely remember, in the Don Cherry era where they had nine guys go, score 20 goals or more um, when I first fell in love with hockey. This is the best the Bruins have looked in my entire life, and that includes the bork Neely years. That includes the bork Neely years when they added Adam Oates and they had Andy Moog in the pipes, who was a Vezina winner at the time. This, this 2011, it includes that. This is the best this team has looked. I love the style. They're getting it from all over the ice, from all of their lines, all of their defensive pairings. Their backup goalie, Jeremy Swayman, which he is not the 1B anymore. He is the backup. And he'll be a vital part of this whole thing. But the Bruins, to me right now, are the best positioned for 2023. They look like a champion right now. And I said the last couple weeks when we talked about our Christmas wish lists, I asked for just two simple things for the Bruins. Give me health. And a little bit of puck luck. Yeah, I'm wondering, like, now as we go into 2023, because they played so well, that probably means, like, less ice time for the older guys, like Bergeron, Marshawn, Krejci. They'll probably, like, 
save their energy, but you also want to hope that they didn't peak too early and that they start falling down because they've they've put themselves in a great position yeah. entering the calendar year. But it's just you don't want it to plateau. You want it just to like continue winning games. You know, I think you do have some flexibility to to lose a couple, so it's not going to like. You're not going to shoot yourselves in the foot with a couple of losses. But... Oh, they're going into the Winter Classic with almost 60 points. Exactly. So it's like you have that breathing room to, you know, have that health, as you said. But at the same time, you don't want things to start sputtering out of control. I've watched hockey for a long time. And and it worked over there at the, at the Garden when it was called the Fleet Center with the Bruins. And, and it, I think I hold a record for being at the most games and seeing the least amount of goals. Now, part of that was because it was Pat Burns hockey and then Mike Keenan hockey and then Dave Lewis hockey, you know, where they didn't score a whole heck of a lot. But, like, you'd be in the middle of a conversation with someone and then, you know, they'd score a goal. Anyway, um, but I've been around hockey a long time. And uh, this team, the reason I say puck luck and health is because hockey is such a random sport when it comes to the playoffs. It's the one sport where an eight seed can take out a one seed in any given series. It really doesn't matter. What you need is momentum, you need health, and just a just a tiny little bit of luck. Because the Bruins over my lifetime have been a pretty snake bit organization many, many, many times. They've been close. They've hit posts. They've hit missed open nets. I'm going back. I'm thinking about, you know, Glenn Wesley missing an open net in the Stanley Cup against the Oilers in nineteen ninety. I mean, you know, I can go back with this stuff, but this team seems to have the confidence, no matter what the score is, no matter what the dynamic is on the ice, if they're playing well, if they let in a cheap goal, which really hasn't happened much at all, if they are got caught you know, with the, with the defense helping out on offense and getting caught on the back check and not getting back on time, whatever it might be, they get up quickly and they score quickly. And part of, part of having puck luck might be having four lines that can score because we haven't had that in these parts. In 11, you had a pretty good amount of scoring, and they have had some scoring throughout the course of my lifetime, okay? But we haven't seen this. We haven't seen this. So just a little bit of luck and continued health, and it's all right there for the Bruins. It's the most random of all the four major sports. Anything can happen in the playoffs, but this team just looks like one of those special teams. I think part of it also is the culture, because I know everyone was so mad when Bruce Cassie was fired. I was pissed. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, you look at it from the player's perspective. Like, if Bruce Cassie was still here, is Jake DeBrus rescinding that trade request? Is Patrice Bergeron coming back for, quote-unquote, one more year? Like, it, it, it's almost like a, a double-edged sword of, yeah. like, you don't want to fire Bruce Cassidy, but at the same time, you got to appease your players. And Cassie's doing great in Vegas, yeah. so it's not like, you know, he got just kicked to the curb and is just, like, sitting on the sidewalk looking for a job. He was a free agent for all of two days, I think. Was it even two days? I, I It was less than a week. I'll yeah, it was less than right a week. Now. And he's doing great in Vegas. Yeah. So it's like, I think both sides were happy with just moving on. I think I think Sweeney didn't want to let it go, but he saw, like, what was going on near the end of the season and into the playoffs, especially during the hur- uh, Hurricane Series. and was just like, yeah, the culture is just not working. I wrote about it when it happened uh, on WEI.com, and my, my opinion at the time was this, is that the Bruins have a long history of pointing the finger at the coach when things don't go right, when they should be looking squarely in the mirror. It dates back to Harry Sinden and Mike O'Connell. You really want to go in the dead horse Rolodex? I'll go back there with you. Um, you know, Shirelli, you know... They have a tendency to point the finger everywhere else but themselves. In this case, it actually worked out. This is going to go down as one of the most enigmatic stories because 
Jim Montgomery has come in, and he has changed the entire pace, the style of play, and it has really played well to the strengths of this team, um, which is fantastic. Which isn't to say Bruce Cassidy wasn't a great coach. He was a great coach, and I loved listening to him, and he got a lot out of those players, and they did a lot of good things. But sometimes, you know, I was wrong. Maybe we were all wrong because maybe it was stylistically something that Don Sweeney and Cam Neely saw that maybe if we did something a little bit different, we can open this up. If we can do this, we can get Krejci back. We can do this. It's looking pretty good right now. So for those who supported Cassidy, like me, and everyone else out there that supported Cassidy, I think most people did. I I remember going to a Celtics game. They showed Bruce Cassidy when he was the coach, and the place went crazy. So I think people liked him. And you have a reason to like him. You have a re- and you, you shouldn't feel anything but smart about you being on his side. It just happened to work out that this Jim Montgomery guy's got the secret sauce and everything's coming together. So 2023, the state of all four Boston sports teams as we turn the page to 2023. You've heard my top pick, the Bruins. You probably know who's coming next. And we're going to sequence them in order. And then we're going to get to who's best positioned for the future and beyond because that's a little different story. More after this. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, welcome back. Sports Radio WEI, late night Friday night with Jim Hackett. And I can tell you this, young Justin Hackett would be very happy right now. I brought, uh, I was going to bring both my twin boys to go see Kiss in May. And one of them uh, came down with COVID at school and being the responsible little tyke that he is, said, Daddy, I shouldn't go. So young Justin and I went. They're twins, by the way. And boy, they have a great time. 
He had a great time. So my wife was like, it's a little dicey bringing a 10-year-old to see Kiss, but uh, I'm glad we did, and it was a great moment. I so. do know as a kid, when I like first saw the image of Kiss, I was like, okay, I'm kind of freaked out. Yeah, <laughs> you know, re- the face paint the oh, metal yeah. and all that and kind of stuff. Explosions and stuff. I remember. I'm going to go way, way back in the tank here, but I remember like... You know, on Saturday nights, you know, my mother would be making dinner or whatever, and they would go running in the other room, and there was a show, you know, the gong show would be on, which is the greatest game show of all time. And shout out to the game show network if you don't know uh, the gong show. And then after that would come Solid Gold. And Solid Gold would play, like, all the all the current music. And one time Kiss went on there, and they just blew it up. And I'm like, I like those guys. <laughs> it was love, love at first sight. So dating back to, like, 1978 there. Anyway. Uh, speaking of 1978, we're talking about how good the Bruins are. And um, it's been since about that era, the Don Cherry era, since they've had so much scoring in uh, both at the forward position and the defense position. They're looking great. So the state of the state, for me, of those who are best positioned in 2023, it starts with the Boston Bruins in the one spot. And we covered it before the break, um, scoring from all four lines. Now, I've got them with a slight edge over the Celtics for 2023 for, for this one reason. They just have that feel and that look like they're ready to win it. And to me, that is the subtle difference between your Boston Bruins and your Boston Celtics. Now, if you look statistically, each is on top of their league um, in terms of record. The Celtics are 26-10. and 10. They've uh, won four in a row. They're in first place. The Bruins are 28-4-3. and three. They've got 59 points. They sit in first place. Both look great. The Celtics are obviously coming off a finals appearance last spring. So you would think logically, that the Celtics would be in the one position. The only reason I have them in the two position is two reasons. One, I just mentioned, the look and feel the Bruins have, they just look like they know it's theirs if everything just breaks the right way. The Celtics have a couple little obstacles they have to get over, in my mind. The first one is, and I'm dating this back a couple weeks ago, and we talked about it, um, the Friday after the Saturday night game they lost in Golden State. Not a big deal. You lose a regular season game. But when you think about the stakes and who the opponent is and the, la- and the way the last few games against Golden State head-to-head, how they've worked out, Golden State's got to be in their head a little bit. Yeah, like most teams, like when they see a finals rematch or some kind of like big rematch from the playoffs, like circle that date and say like, yeah. this is, in terms of the regular season, that's where like the most energy is going to lie. Yeah, it's like a playoff game. And I, and I, I cited this a couple weeks ago, talking about the 80s with the Celtics and the Lakers and like everyone would look at the Boston Globe and you'd look at the schedule ahead for the Celtics and you'd see that Lakers game. And it might be in December, it might be in March, whenever it was. You had one at home, good luck getting a ticket, and you had one away. And it was must-see TV. I still remember the theme music on CBS and hearing Brent Musburger's voice and the whole thing and you know turning the microphone over to Dick Stockton if you're of that age, you remember those two days were big days. And it's no different now for the Celtics and Golden State. They need to take that next game when Golden State comes to Boston. They need to take it really seriously. they got to figure out a way to take the wind and the momentum away from Golden State because if they get there, good chance that's who you're going to meet. So they got to get over that hump. And it, it is a hump. And, and great teams have to overcome adversity. You know, for the Celtics in the 80s, If you look at the rivalry against the Philadelphia 76ers, who were right in the same conference, right in the same division, and boy, was it heated, and it was physical, and it was great to watch. The early part of that, in the early part of the decade, the Sixers had the advantage. Everyone remembers the Celtics kind of getting the best of the Sixers because as the decade went on, and from like 1984 on, 
the Celtics had hand. So mathematically, of course, they had they had the advantage. But in the early 80s, when the Celtics finally got over the hump on them in, in 1981 and won their first in the Bird era, that was a slugfest, man. They were down 3-1. to one. That, that series could have gone either way. But Philly was really good in the earliest part of that decade. And the Celtics got by him, and then they ended up beating the Rockets and winning. But, you know, that was a hump they had to get over. If you flip it and you look at, like, the Detroit Pistons, the Celtics were a hump that they had to get over, you know? And the Bulls had to get over the Pistons hump, and, and so on down the line. The Celtics, big hump they have to get over. They got past Milwaukee. They got past the Heat. Now you got to get past Golden State, and they can't look past that next regular season game. They got to get one on the belt. I know they lost four games to two, which you know you can do math. That means they won two, but the last three in, in that in that uh, finals didn't end so well for the Celtics, and they've been playing so well until that Saturday night against Golden State, and the air just got let out of the tire there for a fleeting moment, and it had a little bit of a hangover. You had about a seven seven- to eight-day hangover, and they've righted the ship. I'm not worried about the Celtics at all. But if you're asking me, 617-779-7937, why the Bruins are first in terms of state of the state, in terms of all four Boston teams and where they are as we turn the page to 2023, why the Bruins are first and why the Celtics are second, it's really those two things. I mean, I don't know if you can really worry about Golden State because they're 18-18 and 18 right now. They're 10th in the West. They'll and- be there. But but there are other teams like that have a greater chance. Like I, I know like Golden State's always going to be a threat if they get into the playoffs. But like the West is good. Oh yeah, like, okay. imagine Memphis imagine the Celtics. And, yeah. yeah, imagine the Celtics against Zion in New Orleans, Jokic in the Nuggets. I mean, we'll see that in a few days, obviously. But it's like the Mavericks, the Grizzlies. Pretty good. Yep. Like they've handled they've handled the Western Con- some of the Western Conference teams. They blew out Phoenix, who's always earn most recent years as a title favorite. Yep. Um they've got Denver as I said. They beat the Clippers a couple of days ago. Um they've beat they've beaten the Mavericks um and they'll play them again obviously. Like these teams they've beaten. So I look at the top and I see okay, this Denver game in Denver is going to be big. Yep. I think whenever they play New Orleans is going to be big and then you know that second Golden State game yeah, no, it's a great point. I just I think Golden State is going to be there in some form, you know. But you're right. The Celtics have fared very well against the West. You just rattled rattled it off. You know, uh, you 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 went into Dallas and you beat them with um, what's his face playing out of the, out of this world. Oh, Lucas! Lucas, unbelievable. They put up a triple double with sixty points the other night. Sixty, twenty, and ten. Yeah, and I mean, no one had ever done that in NBA history. Unreal. So look at. There is stiff competition all the way through in the West, but I just think psychologically they got to get over that hump with Golden State because I have to think that Golden State minimally is going to be in the mix. Now, they might not get there, but there is something there in the headspace. I, I really want to see them win that regular season game against them, but it's a good point, Joe. You know, there's a lot, a lot of competition out there, and they have handled it. They've, they've handled Ja Morant well. Luka had their number for a long time. <laughs> Luka, you know, uh, pulled victory out of, the, out of the hands of defeat several times against the Celtics. What's interesting to me, just dialing it back to Golden State for a minute, is the Celtics, in the earliest part of Golden State's success with the Splash Brothers under Brad Stevens, actually handled Golden State pretty well, you know? When, like, you know, Marcus Smart was still a young player and Jalen and Jason were, like, in diapers. Those teams, those Celtics teams, even dating back to Isaiah Thomas, they handled Golden State pretty well. Yeah, I know. Like, in those dominant years, I think it was when they had the 73-win team, I think they took them to double overtime in the November matchup. 
and then they ended like their 50-something game winning streak yeah. uh, when they went on the road in Golden State. So, yeah, they've had their number. Those teams that I cited, you know, in the Isaiah Thomas era, which I loved, and then, and then building into the Tatum-Brown, the, the, the emerging of the Tatum-Brown team that you look at now, um, those teams are pretty guard-heavy, and they were undersized, and they were scrappy, and that probably had something to do with it. The Celtics are definitely a, a, more, a, a much better constructed team in terms of size and position. They were almost positionless there for a while. Yeah, I and think that like gave Amir Johnson headaches. was their center or something like Yeah, that. and he could barely stand up. I mean, he, he was like, you know, he had two bad knees and maybe a couple bad quads in there too. He, he didn't look like he had much juice in his legs until he went, I think he went to the Heat like a year after and he looked like a new player. It's like, did he get it surgery? It was like that to, and then the Sixers or something yeah, like that. Yeah, HGH. Career. I don't know what happened to that guy, but he looked good out of a Celtics uniform, not so good in it. And but, then, of course, Jared Sullinger was the other center too. Yeah. If you yeah. want to go back to his era. Yeah, Sullinger was all right. He, he, he had a role. He kind of, A little bit of Grant Williams in Sullinger, although I think Grant's got a little bit more grit. Um, and I think they were hoping to get that out of Sullinger back then. But he, he gave you some games. But anyway, so my rationale for the Celtics, they have that hump. The other part, there's a part two to this. And I mentioned it in my wish list the last two weeks about the Celtics, is I want to give, whether it's for Jason Tatum or it's for interim head coach Joe Mazzulla um, or Damon Stoudemire, <laughs> if, if, if hopefully Joe's eye you know, gets better, but the wisdom of an elder. And what I mean by that is as we're watching Jason, not only Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown flourish before our, our eyes and become, you know, primetime NBA players before our eyes. Just remember, we're not the only ones seeing it. And NBA coaches and NBA players and the defensive schemes that they come up with will be looking to work to slow them down to a stop as much as they possibly can. So when I say the wisdom of an elder, be that to uh, Joe Mazzulla to Jason Tatum himself, to Jalen Brown, who, by the way, already has it. Uh, Marcus, Marcus Smart has it. The wisdom of an elder. Know what to do in those situations. And surround yourself with people that can tell you. You know, Al Horford is a veteran. He might be able to tell you. He's a soft-spoken leader. He's more of a leader by example in the court and probably in practice. But the wisdom of an elder is something that I think that team could really benefit from and might be the deciding factor in getting over an emotional hump against someone like Golden State or getting over that final hurdle, which is just winning the NBA championship. You and were that's two games what they away. did in the offseason, I think, at least on the players' perspective. They did that by getting Blake Griffin. You know, he's not going to play as much, but... I like Blake a, Griffin, yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Griffin, too. I think he's like a veteran leader. He's a fun guy to be around, keep things loose. Um, even Gallinari, he said even through his ACL tear, like he wants to be involved yeah. in the team. And that's another veteran voice out there. Even Malcolm Brogdon is a couple years... I think seven years into the league, and he has that wisdom too. So, from a player, none of them ever won. Joe, that. none of them have ever won. You, you know what I'm saying? They don't have that that championship clout that like a James Posey had when he came in in 2008. You know what I mean? So, again, you can have it from being close or being. You know, there's wisdom to be gained when you're on bad teams, when you're on mediocre teams, when you're on teams that are competitive that don't get over the ultimate hurdle. But that is something that I think this team could benefit from. Um, and, you know, they've got the assets, they've got the youth to get it if they need it at the deadline. But I'm hoping, like you, that Blake Griffin's a guy that you could get that from because I like his personality and I like the fact that he's taken the role. I mean, he was a primetime player for a long time. And, you know, he's not that far away from it. He's 33, you know, so he's a few years away from it. Yeah, just but, he's had so many knee injuries and yeah. knee surgeries that, like, he's not the player that he used to be, but he's still going to be at least 
off the court. Yeah. In my eyes. Yeah. He's going to be crucial. Yep. And he look, he was one of the best dunkers that ever lived. I mean, you, you, the guy you're seeing now is not the guy that we we saw coming out of college. You know. 14 years ago, whatever it was. So, you know, he was picked number one when Steph Curry yeah. was picked seventh. That's yeah. still unreal. To Unbelievable. Me. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, who, when the, speaking of that, when the Celtics took Kelly Olinick, I think at like 13 or 15, Giannis went two picks after Yeah, him. that was right before Giannis. <laughs> so, you know, but look at the Celtics um, gave, speaking of Giannis, they gave Giannis and the Bucks the business the other day. So that's a good sign. So they might be gaining these things. I'm just saying, if I had to give a slight edge, for 2023, my slight edge would be to the Bruins. They just because they have that look. My like, concern also was with the coaching because, like, I, I like Missoula. Like, he seems like a guy that the guys respect, but his idea of like not taking timeouts when mm. like teams are going on a run that like that concerns me. Like that just I forget who said it, but it just like it, it looks like he's coaching like he's nervous. I think Scalabrini said it actually. If I if I remember correctly during the broadcast, I mean, as blatant as watching it on the home. You know, team broadcast. So, look at there's something there with that. That could be a learned behavior. That could be a conversation or a series of them. Uh, an instinct that comes about him again, right? The wisdom of an elder. So he needs it as well. And again, it, he's he's learning. Like he just got the the head coaching job. Like what? Yeah. Two weeks before the season. Yep. And I, I so I mentioned three things. You know, what what, what I see in the eyes of the Bruins and the little humps. I think the Celtics need to come over. There is a third thing. And it's, it's the sport itself, you know. When you look at the NBA, usually, your top seeds are usually going to move on in the playoffs and move into the finals. It's just the way it goes. That the talent-heavy teams usually find their way. In hockey, it's a crapshoot. You know what I mean? So if everything breaks right for the Bruins, they've got everything you need. They are that top-tier team. Um, so it's just the, the, the dynamics a little bit uh, that, that kind of, you know, Keep my keep your head on the swivel with those two in the yeah, one. Yeah, and all, all the good teams are like loaded. You have like the big three in Brooklyn, yeah. Milwaukee, Cleveland, Philly. Yep. Like, there's as you said, talent driven teams are playing the best right now. Yeah, and and, and what, whereas hockey, it can be so random. How many times you've seen an eight seed beat a, a one seed? It, it happens a lot. So a little puck luck happened to the Bruins. Yeah, I think the um, was it three? I think it was the Flyers. No, 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 no. It was. I'm thinking of 2012 when the the Kings went and won the Stanley Cup yeah. as an eight seed. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So I mean, it happens. I was a lot. thinking. I was thinking uh, the conference finals when they in, in had three zero. They, they had three zero over uh, the Flyers. Nashville knocked out the Rangers a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it happens quite a bit. The, now, now talking about that's who's best position for 2023. I'll go down the list and I'm gonna I'm gonna stay out of the dead horse Rolodex. But my my number one for 2023 is the Bruins. A close second are the Celtics for the reasons I just mentioned. What do you think? 617-779-7937. Third, I've got the Patriots. And I'm going to tell you why I have the Patriots third. And it's a distant third. But here is why. Provided, provided, turn up your listeners, Mr. Kraft. You'll listen to what I've been saying here now, which is a tough conversation with Mr. Bill Belichick to say, Bill, I've been listening to you. I've been watching you for four years since you let Brady go. If you want to count, say, five years when you should have extended him after the 52 Super Bowl, which I'll die on that hill, 505 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, passer rating of 147 or whatever it was, an MVP season, and they didn't extend him. 
What more did you need to see? Just like I asked the Red Sox with Xander Bogarts. What, did, what, what didn't you see in 2018, 19, 20, 21 with Rafael Devers? What didn't you see in 18, 19, 20, 21 with Boogie Betts? What didn't you see in 16, 17, 18, 19, 20? Come on. Anyway, back to the Patriots. The reason I put them at third ahead of the team who won't be mentioned yet is I'm trying to keep my anger management in, in, in the cage right now. It will come out shortly is that a couple of things. Provided that Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick have the difficult conversation to say, Bill, we can't do it. You can't run it back the way that you did. Your decision to empower two people who really don't have the offensive acumen or the skill or the aptitude to handle the offense and the critical year of development for Mac Jones in year two was an abject failure. I need to hear you acknowledge that, and we need a plan to move on. Part two, we need a different set of eyes in this organization, both in player personnel and in coaching provided that happens they have one other thing up their sleeve they got some money coming out the Patriots are gonna have some money so provided Robert Kraft and Jonathan Kraft have the conversation that Bill Belichick needs to hear and be humbled and he has it and accepts it and they make those changes with all that money they could flip it so I'm a little bit optimistic about 2023 if you're asking me what I think is gonna happen on Sunday well the Sunday after that not so optimistic but we'll get into it More about 2023, the future, and the Pats and the Dolphins on Sunday. And your calls coming up after this. Sports Radio, WEI. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I have only one question for Mr. Mellon. In 27 parts. All right, here we go. Sports Radio, WEI, late night, Friday night. I have to let that riff play out, Joe. That's well played. That was The Professor from one of my favorite comedies in the 80s, Back to School. And I also have one question in about 27 parts when it comes to the Red Sox. What the heck are you doing? What have you been doing for four years? And what are you going to do in 2023 and beyond? Because I have you firmly, firmly in last place in terms of where you sit for not only 2023. You've got two buckets here, okay? We're doing a state of the teams of here, here in Boston. Who's best position for 2023? I've got Bruins 1, Celtics 2 right behind them, Patriots 3. I've got the New England Free Jacks, the Revs, every college program, male and female, every high school program, male and female. Even it, though Boston College didn't make a bowl this year, you still, still ahead of the Red Sox. <laughs> yeah. 
So Boston College, football, basketball, hockey for sure, baseball, girls' softball, volleyball, swimming, synchronized swimming, curling, all that. I would put the New England Free Jacks, who actually made the playoffs. If you, if you follow local rugby, they were pretty good, actually. And the Revs, I'd put all of them. And, and, and any of you out there across the beloved WEI Sports Radio Network and the towns you are in. So let's say you went to the 99 for dinner like I did, and the Bill Ricca girls softball team was, you know, in there on the, on the wall. And I would put the Bill Ricca girls softball team from whatever year it was that they had them on the wall ahead of the Red Sox. So you get my point with the Red Sox who are sitting firmly in last, and I'll tell you exactly why. Why the Patriots, as pathetic as they've been this year and as maddening and, and as disappointing as they have been, it's self-inflicted wounds that seemingly could be corrected. Should Robert Kraft give me my Christmas wish that I wished for two weeks ago and last week I reiterated the day before Christmas Eve, Merry Belated Christmas, everybody, I asked Mr. Kraft simply for this, a strong show of leadership from you, the owner. And what I mean by that is a tough conversation for one Bill Belichick. Bill, name me a good decision in four years. Having trouble here. And if you want to say Mac Jones is a good one, what did you do this year to reinforce that? You did everything you could to make it that that good decision, 15th pick in the 2021 draft, to have that pick regress and that player regress and your whole offense regress. So not a lot of great decisions by the coach and the head football czar of the New England Patriots. And I believe in Bill Belichick. You'd be crazy not to. Six Super Bowls. You know, all that unbelievable elite contention for 20 years. But, you know, post-Brady, not so good. Not so good. And I got to take a good friend of mine to task, Nick Stevens and I. Fitzy and I have become good buddies over the last year or so. And I feel very fortunate to say that. But, man, has he been driving me nuts the last couple of weeks on air because he keeps saying, he keeps saying, and Fitzy, I love you if you're out there, but you keep saying when they threw it away, literally and figuratively, and more literally when they threw it away against the Raiders. And then last week, they gave it away again against the Bengals. You keep saying they keep doing this with the playoffs on the line. The playoffs aren't on the line. You are, you are fighting a bun, a, a bun, amongst a sea of mediocrity. None of these teams deserve to be there. The Chargers, I'll give you the Chargers for the seventh seed. There is no one in the AFC, or the NFC for that matter, that's involved potentially in the seventh seed in either conference that deserves to be there. It is middling mediocrity at its absolute worst. The Patriots haven't been in this thing all year. The one fleeting glimpse they had was the Monday night against the the Minnesota Vikings when they looked pretty good, but they decided not to show up for a quarter and a half in the second half. That's when you lost the playoffs. What was that, five weeks ago? That was Thanksgiving. That was a tough game. Yeah, it was Monday night. It was Thanksgiving, right. But that was the night that if you flipped the script that night, I should remember that because I was on air that morning with Dondero. That's when you had a fleeting glimpse for the playoffs. Now, they could win Sunday. You're going against two, a two-a-list Miami Dolphins team. I think Teddy Bridgewater is a pretty good quarterback. I've said it in this studio on this microphone many times when I hosted the Fantasy Football Hour with Pete Davidson. We like Teddy Bridgewater. Pete liked him. I liked him, too. He's a capable quarterback. 
And he's got great weapons with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and Yeah, that's and the Kasicki. thing is like he and Tua, like the game plan's gonna be the same. Yeah. Like short drop offs to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Yeah. Let them run. Let them do the work. Yeah. And Bridgewater's pretty accurate. He's a, good, he's a smart guy. He's been around. He's been on the field and he's won several times. So this is no picnic, even though the Patriots, of the seven wins that they have, seven of them are against terrible co- coaches and terrible quarterbacks and mostly backup quarterbacks. Sam Ellinger, like, you know, comes to mind. The one starting quarterback you, you beat was Jared Goff. And, and he wasn't the Jared Goff that you've seen in the little winning streak the Lions have had in the second half of the season. So, really, the Patriots have been a paper tiger all year long. That all said, I think there are correctable mistakes there being the biggest one, Matt Patricia. You've heard the rumors about Billy O'Brien. I'm okay with bringing B.O.B. back. Uh, Billy O'Brien, was a, you know, he's a, uh, a Patriot offensive mind. He put together some, you know, coordinated some great offenses in the Brady-Welker era. Uh, I thought he got a little, I thought Brady got a little binky-like with Welker during that time uh, under O'Brien, a little bit more than McDaniels. That's my one kind of cut on O'Brien. But, geez, I'd take anyone over Matt Patricia right now. And it's not an affront to Matt Patricia. My anger is directed at Bill Belichick for putting Matt Patricia in that role. And we've had callers call up at 617-779-7937 that agree with me that I wasn't a big fan of Patricia when he was on the defensive coordinated side of the ball. Okay, I didn't think he was very imaginative on defense. And Brian Flores proved it when he became the defensive play caller. And that defense got much more aggressive. But my issues with Matt Patricia aside, he can't coordinate an offense. Okay? He can't call the plays. He can't sequence them. He can't build any flow. He has no belief in his players. He can't get any rhythm. They can't score points. Yeah, he's a good football mind, just Is he? not on offense. Yeah, I actually don't think he's really a coaching mind. I kind of liked him when Belichick brought him, in, brought him in as like a special assistant because he's probably making minimum wage. They had to give him a title because the Lions were paying him for his failure in, in Detroit. So Belichick said, come here and get yourself settled, get yourself comfortable. But I don't mind him in that advisory role. I really don't. I don't want him anywhere near the offense. I don't want him near anywhere near Mac Jones. I think Joe Judge's mouth should be duct taped shut. If you've ever heard him speak, he just rambles and rambles and rambles. Where does Mac Jones go to turn? This offense is in shambles. However, I put them ahead of the Red Sox for this one simple fact. That if I see it, and you see it, and Joe sees it, that Bill must see it, and Robert Kraft certainly sees it. So have the big boy conversation. We need outside eyes. We need different opinions, different ways to do things. It ain't working, Bill. Do you think he'll do it, though? It's not his decision. Tough noogies if he doesn't. You know what I mean? And you know what? Part of me says, fine, fine, because everything ends. As David and Beverly said a couple weeks ago, everything ends. Regardless if Bill Belichick is in the high chair, the top chair, the throne, he's the best coach I've ever seen do it, whatever. You need help. You need real lieutenants on your coaching staff, and you need help in your personnel department. And guess what? Just like two years ago, you have a ton of money coming off the cap. Get some people in here to advise you in the modern era of the NFL how the game is being played. Get the right guys. Get the speed you need. Get the strength you need. Get the skill positions that you need, and let's move forward. And that's why in 2023, they're third, a distant third, and then after the Free Jacks, the Revs, and every college and high school program out there, the Red Sox pull up the rear, and we'll talk about them after the top of the hour in the break. Sports Radio, WEI. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.